and welcome into Mustache Drinking Podcast. Andrew here as usual. I'm joined by my co-host Quinn today. Quinn, it's a beautiful Howdy. day out. It's is it snowing up there as well? Uh, snow, sleet, and rain, and now a lot of ice. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I, Minnesota. It's exactly it's life. It's beautiful. I drove home from work today, and I was like, "Oh, is it is it going to be bad?" And it wasn't terrible. The plows were already out. But uh, I think the ensuing 15 hours of snow is going to be the problem. Yeah, I didn't have to deal with it. My commute is, I haven't measured it. I think it's 30 feet. Um, <laughs> my wife, on the other hand, she does actually have to commute. And so she came home early today. So she didn't have to deal with the roads. Which I'm oh, glad. Yeah, me too. That The roads uh, were, were not great, but... Uh, we'll jump right into today's show. We're talking about, uh, we're kind of finishing up our mixology lessons. Uh, and we have another guest here, someone who has some experience in with liquor and in the industry, with, um, you know, working with alcohol. Uh, we're, so we'll bring in Chris. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, so yeah, we'll open with uh, a little bit of an introduction from you, Chris. Just kind of explain to us your experience in the in, in the industry. Well. My name is Chris Obermiller. I've got five plus years as bartending. I'd say about seven of just in the industry serving as well. Um, I've had a chance to work kind of all, all different types of bars, really, where the Ace was kind of more of like a dive bar. I had a time over at a Old Capital Tavern, which is more of a nicer cocktail uh, mix. It gives you a chance to play around with creating cocktails and mixology and then also just like uh your family bars like uh applebee's and there's also uh, the crooked pine so kind of seen all walks of different types of uh, uh restaurants and bars i've also done some drink competitions um uh, done a couple of those catered weddings and such like that so you see i know you've seen quite a, bit. a lot of weddings yeah those are those are always fun because People are always usually pretty happy, you know, and it's just you get, to have a good, so. you get to have a good time with the crowd as well. Too, so. so we've talked a lot about the competitions. Uh, I always find that just a fascinating that, that a drink competition exists where people just make drinks against one another. Uh, kind of just take us through the experience through your eyes. Uh, well, you try to always prepare and because the ones that I've done have been uh, random ingredients. And so you're given a random uh, bag or uh, you get to choose from a, a set uh, list of ingredients. And so you try to prepare, but at the end of the day, you just, I mean, it's almost better that you just haven't because it's, you're throwing different things. Like one drink we had, uh, uh, I believe uh, your last guest, uh, Ashley, I've done competitions with her. We, one of our ingredients was uh, Doritos. The, the red bottle, I don't know, the original like nacho flavor. And so then all of a sudden, what do you do with those? So yeah, um, you get just thrown different ideas and you have, you're thinking quickly on your feet. But I mean, as far as there's a lot of times where at a, working at a bar too, people ask if you could just make up a drink. So you're kind of used to it, but it's a lot more pressure and you, and you're just living it on your time. So it's, it's a, it's fun. You really think outside the box. And, and what's really great too is when, other bartenders, they'll be walking around and they'll look at what you did and they'll just, they'll give you their compliments, what they did. And you, it's just a very 
good learning experience too. A lot of fun. If you kind of think back to all the different places you've worked at, um, you know, my question is what would, what, what is your favorite bar that you've worked at when talking about like getting to make drinks? Well, that would be the old Capitol Tavern in Sock Rapids, Minnesota. Um, they just had a wide variety of just different whiskeys. I mean, there was over 100 uh, whiskeys that we had. Uh, but the also nice thing was that they had a lot of different uh, liqueurs that you just wouldn't see at a normal kind of bar restaurant. Uh, and so and usually they kind of had a nice, nicer list of just spirits as well. So your rails were actually just like, I mean... I can't remember what they were, but they weren't the rails that you would kind of think of like the Kharkov or the really harsh rail liquors. So you just had a lot to play with. And a lot of times we would make our own syrups. Uh, that's uh, we had a house vermouth that we made ourselves there as well. Um, and so you just had a lot of different ingredients at hand. And so a lot of times people kind of knew that you were always working on new drinks. And so they would ask you to see what you can come up with. And sometimes they would make it on the menu. Sometimes it would just be like your regulars go to drinks too. Awesome. That's super cool. I know the old cap's a great place to eat at. I, I can only imagine it'd be a great place to work, but this is a good spot to transition to uh, what we're drinking today. So Quinn, I will defer to you on what you're drinking. Uh, so this week I'm a little bit different. I'm drinking two things. Um, I continued down my rabbit hole of infusions. So to follow up the prickly pear, vodka, and gin, this time I made a strawberry papaya or strawberry guava. I don't know because when I look up strawberry either version, uh, it's not the fruit I had in my hand. And when eating it raw, it had a weird kind of effect of, I'd almost describe it as starchy, uh, but you would eat it, just the tiniest piece, and it would be delicious, sweet, moist, and then you would wait a couple seconds and your mouth would start to dry out and it would creep in this dryness for like 10 minutes after just eating a single little piece, um, which I know I'm not selling this very well. Uh, but that's why I decided to infuse it because uh, I got it because I wanted to see what it tasted like. And it tasted good, but it was not meant to be eaten the way I had it. Maybe it needed acid added to it or something. Um, but so I infused that then with a good vodka, uh, prairie vodka, and a not so good rum. It's a five year old bottle of Captain Morgan white rum, 175. Uh, and why the hell do you have that? Good Lord. Because, um, we have a bar cart in our apartment and for some reason, prior to the pandemic, whenever we would have people over, they, they believed it would be a great idea with the knowledge of that bar cart and are wanting to empty it, uh, to bring their own alcohol and then leave it. And then the next time they come repeat, uh, so it just became a... <laughs> a pile that um, thanks to this podcast, we're, we're making a dent in. Uh, it's marvelous. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but, so to start with the, I'm drinking both of them uh, pretty much neat. Uh, the rum is on the rocks. The vodka is just in the shot glass. So I'll start with the vodka. 
this has the same mouth drying effect, but it doesn't last. It it disappears like right away, which is kind of the opposite of when eating the uh, the fruit itself. The flavor is really good. Um, it it tastes like papaya, so I do believe it is a strawberry papaya, though it does not resemble one at all. Um, and onto the rum, which this one's again on the rocks. That's pretty good. Again, it so it has a lot of that tannin feel where you get the body of it. It has a like a definite body to the drink. Um, this infused, uh, I did it for about three days and it turned out pretty good. It has a definite sweetness to it. You can see, um, if you hold up to the light, actually the, like the streaking in there from the sugar, like there is a little bit of a syrup in there, definitely from the fruit in both the rum and to a lesser degree in the vodka. Um, the vodka, I think I did for. Uh, actually, I did the vodka for one more day. <laughs> I did the rum, so interesting. I guess the, the rum would definitely have that higher sugar content. But uh, I would recommend trying it. I would get a different tropical fruit, but just do, you know, I filled up the bottle a quarter of the way, halfway with uh, fresh fruit, poured in the alcohol, so it at least covered and left another inch and let that leave to soak and then strained it and rebottled it. I for making a rum that I would never drink on the rocks, something I would drink on the rocks, I recommend doing it. And I'd say this is a a not great scenario from doing it too, which I guess speaks to finding a good fruit and throw it in some alcohol. What do you have to lose? The fruit and the alcohol? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I'd say it's... It, I mean, it turned out well, even for having that like super tanniness to it, which if I was mixing these, that would disappear um, because I think the addition of the ice has certainly reduced it because um, you can tell a lot more with the shot, um, just the straight up neat room temperature, but this cooled one with ice in it, that I want to make something with this rum and I will make something with this rum next week. Awesome. Uh, Chris, what are you drinking today? Um, I was uh, having an Indeed Flavor Wave IPA. It's what is like just over 6%, I think, um, ABV. And, you know, it's not, it's more of those, it's not a super bitter IPA. It's more along the citrusy tones, which are kind of where I like my IPAs to land. So not infusing anything here, unfortunately. <laughs> but don't I worry. Don't have as, do I. I don't. Really, yeah, I don't really have as much. I love the like you like you kind of said that you can lose the uh, the fruit and the alcohol. But I mean, at the same time, like with this is the thing with like drinks. A lot of times, there's just so much stuff that you can put into it to make a bad drink good or 
gooder. <laughs> but you know, but you know, like it, there's a lot of things that you can cover and mask certain flavors with, you know, just what you're using. And so like just being able to like you're not missing out on that fruit, you know. It's a it was a very cool combination that you had. Awesome. Yeah, Quinn's yeah. usually who uh who takes the big jump in liquors and makes uh makes kind of the crazy stuff. I'm I'm not usually one who takes uh big chances okay. like that. I don't uh it's all about taking risks. What, I don't I don't have the free time. Fail. I don't have the free time or the It's literally uh, I'm when I'm in the grocery <laughs> store, I look at the fruit and I go, "Huh, you look interesting. Pick you up, take one of you, go home." All right. Take an alcohol, you put you in a bottle, cut up the fruit, put it in, throw it in the fridge, and just do it before I make dinner. It takes five minutes. I mean, I and have to leave it in the fridge and not drink it. That's the problem. Fair. Yeah, I mean, there are definite ones that you can do in just 24 hours, like black pepper, or my sister makes one with bell peppers and garlic. See, that sounds good. What? Like yeah. a vodka? Yep. Oh. I don't know why the great the green pepper sounds really good because green pepper are like crisp and like snap when fresh and I just I think you that flavor that crispness would go through into that vodka that sounds that sounds really oh, it's it's really good uh there was one um it was a spicy I think you probably helped in the one of our fellow bartenders at Old Capital it was a fused spicy was it the ghost pepper one yeah I mean pepper? Yeah, you know, and when, I don't know how he did it, but like the, there was onions and uh, bell peppers and just, but it just like it was just you could drink it straight and it was it was hot, but, but the flavor over- or the heat dissipated almost right away. Yeah, and you really thing. and you really got the taste of the fresh vegetables that were like used, like the onions somehow just really came out but not out. i'll be honest was, the only part i played in any of that creation was i was asked to cut onions and peppers <laughs> and i cut onions and peppers i don't know what you guys did but there i i want to know what he did with that pepper i think he only had it in there for i don't even think it was a full shift he had that pepper in there it was good it it was really good. No, it, it was I weird. Drank Bloody Marys. I would have ordered a Bloody Mary made with that. But, but it was almost good enough where you could have sipped that by itself for some weird reason. There's usually you don't sip vodka, but it didn't taste like vodka. It just tasted like all the other vegetables that you threw in. It was really good. Yeah, vodka is such a good like blank slate to to put flavor on. I suppose. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Well, um, I work today as well, Chris, and this is my fourth day in a row of be of us being open. So my body's starting to get used to the sore. <laughs> and yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, my, my feet hurt more today, and my knees are hurting. And this is my first <laughs> shift back, and I was like, man, you really got to start doing more activities because because. <laughs> That shouldn't be happening to you. I know. I was like, oh, on Monday, my body was in, in serious pain. And I was like, this is bad. This is bad. Now I'm let, now my body's like kind of getting, oh, this, we're, 
we're going to continue to do this exercise. Okay, I got it. Yes. <laughs> so I came home. I was like, I kind of want something like refreshing. I don't know what I want to drink. This is the first night in like five days that I've seen my roommates because they all work nine to fives ish. So and I come home at like midnight every night. So I was like, yeah, it sounds good. Gin and tonic. So we had some beef eater gin and some regular tonic water. And uh, my roommates uh, go put uh, put a schnapps in there, put a apple schnapps in there. And I was like, what the fuck? Apple schnapps. And they're like, no, do it. It's, it's going to be good. So I did one part gin, half part schnapps, which probably wasn't enough because I didn't really taste it. But it's like a little, just like a touch of green apple, like in the back, like maybe on the tip of the tongue. Um, but it's just a good refreshing drink. Gin and tonic uh, is not something you should start with as a drinker. Because my sister, this is my sister's go-to drink when she like goes somewhere and doesn't know what to order. It's like her safety drink. And she had me try it when I was like younger, like just started drinking. And it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. I was like, oh God, this is disgusting. I never want to drink this again. And now I'm like, I could have a refreshing gin and tonic when I get home. Mm-hmm. That's one thing, like uh with uh catering weddings. It was always that's like my wedding go-to drink is the gin and tonic. Just because it's light refreshing, you're not gonna it's not gonna like be overly heavy on you. But it's yeah, and it's tasty am i the only one who likes the flavor of just tonic water yes yeah, probably okay I mean, it's just so weird that's yeah, so yeah. weird it's, okay. i bet you like I, I, I bet you i bet you like it when your foot falls asleep too <laughs> hey now shots fired <laughs> oh god um yeah okay so i'm drinking a gin and tonic fantastic uh let's move into the meat of the show so, uh, Chris is our guest. We're going to talk about some homemade kind of stuff to start off. And we're going to start with, uh, we couldn't put bourbon cherries, but we'll talk about kind of like fruit infusions a little bit, but we'll start with cherries. I have done, uh, a brandy cherry infusion before last year, uh, with my roommates, we did a brandy, he did a brandy infusion of like four bottles of maraschino cherries. And then just kind of gave it to the roommates, and they were so strong, <laughs> so strong. So, Chris, maybe Chris and Quinn, maybe talk about some uh, examples of some good fruit you could infuse with, uh, and different liquors that you would probably choose as your starter for those fruit. Let's start with cherries. Cherries, um, I would stick with well i love the brandy idea because brandy is just wine gone bad and you got that <laughs> flavor of you know the grapes that would go well with cherries and you're just working with two different really fruits there but um as i, I we i've always done just with more buffalo trace whiskey um with cherries and then also and then it's really like if you have that bottle and you infuse it and then you use that whiskey too uh you, I mean, with old fashions and things that you can use that require those cherries, I mean, it just kind of adds that it it dulls the the sweetness, but you it's still there, and so and then then it will and then it's not mixing. The one thing I always never liked 
liked was when if we got like brandy cherries and then we use those for a whiskey old fashioned because you don't want to have that brandy mixing with the brandy mixing with the whiskey. So like if you could uh, like something at home, if you just have the whiskey and to use those, they just would complement each other. Something I'd really like to try making would be like a good Caribbean rum black cherry. See, that's yeah, because you think of like a vanilla vanilla cherry. Yep, and you get that sweetness that's going to go really well with like the dark, rich sweetness that you get from a black cherry, as well as the acidity that comes with it compared to like a maraschino, where it's basically just a little sugar bomb. But this, you're going to get, you know, some of those more complex flavors and i think that would go really well with a good caribbean rum probably not a black rum i, th- I think that might be a little too molassesy. Yeah. i don't know how you feel about that yeah um i i mean i haven't really had a whole lot of rums i've had more of that that caribbean uh rum i it was like it was just weird because i never really thought much of rum before and then I was introduced to like a, I think it was like a 15 year old uh, aged rum. And it was over at the Veranda Lounge in uh, St. Cloud. And I had that. And I was like, well, let me try that. That was recommended by the bartender. And I just never knew that you could get such a sweet vanilla flavor out of rum like that. And it was just really trying to change my view on what rum is. I, I'm a big fan of a good rum. Uh, maybe it's because my dad really liked rum. And so, like, we'd have, you know, Mount Gay was one we always had at home, I remember growing up. And so, like, he'd be barbecuing and he'd probably, you know, once in a while make himself a drink with rum or, like, just a shot of rum. And it would just remember Mount Gay all the time. And since then, that honestly, it's become one of my favorite rums, though I swear by Kraken, as I've mentioned many times <laughs> on this podcast before. Because I love it. You and your Kraken. Oh, my God. Oh, release the Kraken. It's oh just, boy. it's so much fun. And it's <laughs> affordable. You know what you're getting. I'm not claiming it's the best thing on Earth. But it's, it's a rum you have fun with. Yeah. And that's what got me in trouble most times in college, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I know rum's an interesting one because the um i had some friends on the swim team at st cloud state and when they would go to puerto rico for their training trip they would always tour like the original i think it was the original malibu distillery and uh, they would all the seniors would put in for their for like the 30 year old bottle of malibu something i think i'm pretty sure it's malibu but they're like most expensive bottle of rum that they have like the really old aged one and then everyone would like share it and it would last like one shot for like the whole team, or, like all the seniors or whatever. And I was like, I can't imagine that be would be very good. And they're like, no, it's fantastic. So aged rum is just really interesting because you think of like aging whiskey. But like you said, you wouldn't think to age rum. Oh, aged rum is that. That's why I don't like white rums. Like any pretty much unaged spirit when you're talking about your traditional brown spirits. It just unaged doesn't work well, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it, Chris. No, and that's uh, was the thing. That's why I never really liked rum. And I, I, going back to what Andrew said, just and I never thought about aging it. And that's when I, when I first had that aged rum at the Branda, I 
it was interesting because I've never just seen an age drum. I'm used to the Captain Morgan's, Bacardi's, and things like that, and and I just never liked Bacardi, you know, like the white rums. It was just never anything I would really ever have, and so when I saw it, it was kind of confusing, but it was like, well, let's give that a try, you know. It's got to be better than Captain Morgan, you know. <laughs> so, like, yeah, and it, it was... <laughs> It was just interesting. So, uh, yeah, I agree with like Andrew where yeah, I didn't think of Rome as a way of a aging spirit. If so, we circle back to our um our infusion kind of thing. Quinn, do you have a couple other fruits that might be really good infusion spots that we could talk about maybe different liquors to try with them? Oh, so there's so many different options when you're infusing. Um uh, a really good one, my favorite, is actually cucumber. Uh, Cucumber-infused gin and cucumber-infused vodka. It crisp. It has a little bit of a sweetness, but it's just so fresh. And any drink you make with it just tastes so fresh when you do it. Like a gin and tonic made with a cucumber gin is so good. And all you have to do is just cut a cucumber into spears drop in a bottle for 24 hours with some vodka or gin and it's done. Make sure it's refrigerated as long as the fruit is in it. But once you pull that fruit out, you're fine. Uh, it's shelf stable for about six months to a year. Uh, give, give or take based on alcohol level. Um, oranges are another one though. They can go pretty far, pretty fast. Um, Chris, I know you had a really interesting one. I think it was with cilantro. Yeah, that's, yep, that was waiting to actually use that because it, it's, it was, I like cilantro because it's like you said, with a, like cucumber, it's fresh. There's just a, there's like a freshness to it that you just, it, it's not overly too strong, but it is very strong and it comes out. It's just weird. It, but I know like cilantro can kind of be weird for some people too, because people either it, you love it or hate it so it kind of can ruin if like if you don't really like it it can ruin your drink right away but it's like it, it just has like that nice crisp fresh taste to it and i've always really enjoyed uh, using that uh parsley would be another one too that kind of has a, that's a uh, similar flavor i haven't really ever had a chance to work with that because we usually had cilantro so i was always using that but another one too, and I just and I would, I don't know about how with like how well it would work with infusing it into and just letting it sit. I'm sure it would be just fine. But I always like to use like uh, I like to go through my spice cabinet now too. Yeah, like cayenne, cayenne yes. pepper. You know, like a cayenne pepper. I want to do an ancho tequila. Oh what a cilantro an ancho, what? An, an ancho chili tequila. Ancho chili. I don't even know what that is. Uh, so it's a really mild spice. You know how, like, in a pepper you have the flavor of, like, spicy peppers, how they have that distinct really good flavor to them, but then it also has the capsaicin, the the, the fire that prevents you from tasting that to a degree? The ancho is remove the capsaicin pretty much. Like, it's negligible. It's, it is the flavor of a good spicy pepper without the spicy. And oh, I think that'd be really good in a tequila. I think it could be challenging though, 
um, because you got to pick a good tequila and also one where it's not going to like be fighting on either side. Or like, uh, have you ever made black pepper rum? Or not black pepper rum, uh, black pepper vodka? Uh, I've never made it, no. Have you had it? I've had it, yeah. The one I that first comes to mind, I um, absolutely makes a black pepper or pepper rum or pepper vodka. Uh, how do you like it? Um, it's weird because it's I don't know because I I've never had it just or if I have had it, it's been once just trying it, you know, and never actually sipping on it, and it's usually mixed with really like a Bloody Mary where. At that point, do you know if it's the Bloody Mary mix or if you're actually just really getting more of that black pepper from the vodka? So I, I like, I can't really give you an honest question of what I'd like think about it. I think if there's only one kind of drink that I would really think of using it. Well, so far, I, I mean, I've never really been asked to use it other than in a Bloody Mary. I've, I've only ever had it just like sipping on it. And it's one where you have to be really careful how long you put those black pepper kernels in there because it will get peppery fast. And like the color pepper kernel that you use in there makes a big difference. I recommend get get the multicolored, the black, the red, um, the black, the pink, the white, the green. And don't crack them. Like just throw them in whole. That makes yeah. Once you and, crack it, it, oh it yeah. You have it, you will change your infusion time so much. It will go from yeah. have it sit for twelve to twenty four hours to like forty five minutes to like <laughs> <six> hours, <laughs> depending on how fine you grind it, or if you're just like quick cracking each one with a mallet. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. Oh, go ahead. You mentioned cayenne. Um, have what have you infused with cayenne? Um, I I haven't infused. I used it more in a cocktail, always, mm-hmm. and it was and it was a it was a cilantro cayenne pepper. It was a gosh. Let's see if I remember this. I think there was a. Yep. It it had a. I think I first I. What was it? I know there was a ginger liqueur. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, and then ginger liqueur. I used the vodka as its base, but I think I also kind of used there was a raspberry vodka used as well. But I ended up taking the raspberry out of it, and then I think it was just a simple syrup. And I think I would have used lime juice because lime juice usually pairs really uh, better with uh, uh, a ginger. Uh, ginger liqueur like that was so, the ginger liqueur you're using uh domain canton yes that was okay it. yep uh and yeah and then uh model the two and then throw the cayenne and then shake it with the cayenne in it and what it was really cool because it turns your drink into a kind of it, it the cayenne pepper it just has a really great flavor but it also has it it changes the color of the cocktail it, it like it turned it changes uh orange and so it just kind of it's a weird out of there kind of ingredient that you don't wouldn't think about using 
but it really dilutes the spicy and the hotness from it. But you kind of taste and get the heat in the back of your throat, but without the heat. It's like it's there, it wants to hit, but it doesn't. And with that it, cilantro, like it's the, getting tempered with the cilantro and the alcohol. You know, did you have like lime in there at all, or a citrus? Uh, there was, yeah, there was lime juice in it, and then I, I um, garnished it with a lime wedge over. I also did like a zested a long peel, and then I would twirl it around a straw, so it make makes it like a string, mm. and then just throw that in there. But if you, one thing that we found out that was really cool too is that it turns the drink orange, but if you would have a light behind it or underneath it, it blew up like a jack o' lantern. And so I always, we never were able to do it, but I always, it made me want to make like coasters that had like pressure sensitive. Yeah. Well, but they would be pressure sensitive too. So when you put your drink on it, it would light up and it would have one like light on the bottom that would light up. Yeah, that drink. And I was thinking, like, how to make it into, like, a jack-o'-lantern type of thing and sell it for, like, a Halloween special. But just never really had that time to be able to do that. I think that might be a project that I have to get back into. Yeah, engineer that coaster. I'm, I'd be uh, interested yeah. to see it. I think, yeah. I think it'd be pretty cool. It, it, I mean, I can't imagine most coasters you'd, I mean, people throw away or tear apart you know so but it'd be hard to keep around at a like a restaurant or a bar you know oh every coaster i'm ever given at a restaurant is torn into about a billion little pieces yeah and then there'd be the people who would be like oh this is a cool coaster i'm gonna put this in my pocket it's it's you know that's why it's hard to keep a moscow meal cups around copper ain't cheap (laughs) Quinn, you look at all the different things you can infuse. I mean, it's it's a fascinating number of cilantro. And that's something I would never, never even imagine to try to infuse with <laughs> for a drink, let alone even put it in a drink. So very interesting kind of steps around that. And I think it just brings me back to the pecan whiskey that I bought this summer. And I, I want you two to think of probably the weirdest thing, and I think cilantro is going to be yours, Chris, but the weirdest thing that you would think or want to infuse in a drink. Wormswood. The fuck? Wormswood? <laughs> the, the mild psychedelic? <laughs> I mean, also absinthe and um, yeah. Jägermeister to an extent in most herbal liqueurs. Um, but yeah. I, oh, we we made it. one with a, a friend who... Uh, we we ended up naming it after him for a Fourth of July party, and uh, it it was atrocious. We our ratios were off on every ingredient for this, and um, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. It was pretty bad. We had oh. to figure out how to use it. We used it, but it was bad. Wrong. You used it wrong. <laughs> there, I don't think there was the right way because it. Imagine absinthe if it had a a lot of other herbal notes going on that didn't belong, and also clove and I, some nutmeg well, and some like this doesn't belong. And we had the ingredients for Jagermeister, and we went all right. We don't know the ratio. 
We went to a brew shop, got an idea-ish from them, uh, but they went, we deal with brewing, not, <laughs> not making Jägermeister. And uh, we, we went about trying to do an infused version of it. And it was, uh, I've come a long way from since that point. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lessons and we'll never attempt that again. It, it lives in infamy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chris, do you have one uh, that's kind of off the off the rail a little bit? Well, he he said wormwood, so I was just like, well, why not just get magic mushrooms and just try that? But I'm oh, not geez. advising anybody to do that. <laughs> I have no idea what that would do. I just feel like that'd be a horrible, horrible idea, and I'm not telling anybody to do that. But if they did, reach out to me and let me know how it goes. Because now I'm, now I'm curious. I've, I've never thought about that, but now I'm thinking of like, man, this would be probably a bad idea. That but would... I, I feel like that would ruin your life. I don't think you could come back no, from that. I don't. Did any don't of you guys ever hear about the news story about the guy who injected himself with magic mushrooms and now, like, eight years later is still being treated with antifungals because it started, because it's a mushroom. It oh finds moisture and it grows. And, like, oh. it started attacking his body. And, like, just, just PSA, never do that. Never okay. do that. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Don't do that with mushrooms at all people please <laughs> don't but if yeah. you have let us know yeah <laughs> if you're still alive it would have to be someone in colorado telling us about it since that's the only place in the u.s that they are you mean i don't Oregon? even know if they actually are yet legal there or if it's just you know pending i'm pretty sure that, um like legal codes surrounding it and its implementation like they did with marijuana. God, that's crazy. It's, yeah, it's happening. I, I, yeah, psilocybin over Holland and Europe, it's, Canada just kind of released, uh, opened that up too. I mean, but we're not talking, this isn't a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I guess um, moving on from there, just like you're, you're infusing alcohol. Um, so we've gone over how to make a simple syrup before, but you know, alcohol isn't the only place you can infuse and a simple syrup. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, is a really good way to add in like new flavors into whatever cocktail you're making as like a vehicle for that infusion, like with different herbs, um, different spices and you know, fruits. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I had uh, written down where it was uh, for like a mint julep. You have a mint simple syrup. You, oh. I mean, if you want to go like with a traditional, traditional, you use a third cube for it. But I mean, we don't really, I don't know, do that anymore. It's so like a mint simple syrup i mean just and like with like uh i just think with the mint julep and just like ideas of what you could do with chopped up ice or crushed ice like that too where you just sprinkle that on top and you let it slowly kind of infuse its way into the drink as well I, you know so i would keep it pretty 
I mean, it's simple, sir. I mean, it, it really is the same, it, same thing as with alcohol. I mean, they, you, it's, it's limitless of what you can infuse with it. It's just, yeah, I think of what would pair well with it, you know? Oh, for sure. One thing I think is really cool with simple syrups too is that unlike alcohol, you can infuse it over heat where you're going to be able to pull out like higher concentrations of its flavor faster. Mm. And like, because you can get a really good mint one that way. Um, and it, it doesn't take that long to really get a mint flavor. Whereas if you're infusing a mint alcohol, you have a minimum of probably 24 hours you have to wait before it's really usable. Yeah, sorry. My dog was getting too excited with her cheek on so. <laughs> uh, I don't know if everybody heard that too, but she just got that taken away. But um, yeah, it, um, no, it, it, and it also just takes out, brings out different flavors. I mean, think of like... If you do like an onion simple syrup, where if you actually cook that an onion down and uh, how it, uh, the sugars in that would carbolize, and then throw it, and think of that differently, like compared to Ooh. a raw onion. You know, yeah. no, yeah, yes. Carbolized yeah. onion simple syrup sounds Ooh. really good. Now that you say really that, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might make a caramelized onion vodka now. A caramelized onion vodka sounds so bad. <laughs> yes, it does. Well, it also <laughs> sounds amazing. Oh, God. Look at this. Coming up with new, just fresh ideas. Just like that. So what are some very easy, simple syrups that uh, people can do at home? And then let's say three of them for each of you. And then kind of what is one drink? that you would put them into or one liquor that you would pair them with maybe that would, that you think might taste good. We just created a new simple syrup right on the fly with the sauteed onions and <laughs> you can definitely use that. Um, but I'm going to put Quinn at the disadvantage and start with Chris, if that's okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. I got a think here. Uh, three different. I mean, I, first off I would go with a, just like either a mint, Parsley, cilantro. I like those. Those are easy um, herbs that you can use just to, that will mix in really easy and you're going to get those flavors that will come out really well. Um, another one I would think about would maybe doing some sort of like an orange just because the one drink that I made thousands of times was an old fashioned. And I just I and I kind of always had a thought where you can't go wrong with a little bit more zest. So I, I think it maybe with a the simple syrup it'd be more along orange zest simple syrup instead of the orange juice simple syrup because uh, you don't want it to be overly too sweet with that but you'd rather have those finer kind of distinguishable zest flavors of an orange uh, coming through with an old fashioned and for a third one as the first simple syrup. I mean, you got to throw some spice and some heat into it. I mean, I'd always think uh, any sort of jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, depending on what your heat um, range is. But uh, it's it's just it's out there, and with enough different with the with vodkas and just creating cocktails again. It, it's it just if you 
are experimental enough and kind of have the diff enough ingredients with it, it's fun to work with heat and how you can work with heat in a liquid form. You know, it, it's just it kind of just seeps backwards because liquids are usually refreshing, and where heat is just not. So it's like it's weird how you can work with a uh, a heat spice like that and kind of make it with a mix it with something that has ice in it you know they're kind of it's almost like oxymoronic having a hot cold drink i so, i completely agree and i hate you for taking jalapeno so it's <laughs> like oh he's not gonna take jalapeno simple sir <laughs> Nope. I didn't think I was gonna be able to say oxymoron during a podcast. Like, yeah, <laughs> especially about like drinking, like you know, yeah, yeah. It's a cool. It, it, it's yeah. Uh, it's a it's a weird way to think about. It. I mean, Quinn, you know this for sure. With cooking, it's just how you can mess with somebody and lead them into tasting what you want them to taste, and how you can yeah, like, create these different combinations with it. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's you can lead people onto a, a yeah, a story with it and have a, a, a yep. Sorry, I I, I kind of ran out of my ran out of my oh, no worries. Straight of thought there, but I so kind of jumping off those three, uh, a ginger simple syrup, and I think that could be really good and old fashioned. Um. I'd probably want to do it without cherry and because ginger and orange, just beautiful, natural. They live together pairing and ginger and whiskey isn't bad together. And I, I feel like that could be pretty good. So long as you're not making a, a way too aggressive ginger simple syrup. Um, uh, how, how would you feel about an old fashioned with a little bit of ginger to it? I've never thought about, I mean, because usually when I think about ginger, I think lime. I mean, that, I, I, I've never thought of an orange-ginger combination as far as flavors. And But ginger is like a weird, it, it's a weird root where it's, it, you know, it's, when you think about ginger beer, ginger ale, it's sweeter than what you expect it to be. And so right. I think it would work really well, though, because there's a lot of sweetness that are coming out when you have an orange and cherry in the old fashioned. You know, that's a lot of uh, you add the sugar with that, too, with the simple syrup or sugar cube, however, which way, whichever way you do it, you know, it, it there's sweet. It's a lot of sweetness coming out. So, I mean, I think it's a good idea that you get rid of the cherry because I don't know how a cherry ginger would mix. But yeah, I'm going to take I, your word, I'm gonna take your word on it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's two different type of sweet, where like light, where orange it is more have of the citrus. natural acidity to yeah. it. Yeah, in this because uh, we're probably definitely thinking like a maraschino cherry, like even then, like a black cherry has some acidity, like we said, but not much. Yeah, yeah, you have uh, you would have a lot of sweet with a lot of sweet with no acidity, where you yeah, hear that cherry through it. You know, I think get rid of one of those two. But yeah, that would be an interesting. I don't know. Yeah, but um, ginger's like yeah, ginger's a weird one too. Where it's just a, a ginger has just a distinct certain when you're tasting ginger, you know that you're having ginger. You know, or if you can't think of it, you're like, God, what is that flavor? And then somebody's like, ginger. 
Like, oh yeah, of course, you know. So one that I really want to make at some point, uh, but I need to have a backyard to be able to do this, is to first I have to make smoked sugar. Um, which you do by basically either have a smoker or a charcoal grill where you can set up your heat on one side really low and smoky um, and then put your sugar as far away from it as possible, seal that top off and just let it soak up that smokiness and then make it a, a smoked simple syrup. So you can make your 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 drink into a scotch if you're <laughs> in a way. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's interesting. That's only you, Quinn, would add more smoke to fucking scotch. No, I'm not saying add it to scotch. I'm saying like your bourbon. Make your bourbon better with some smoke. Just make it scotch. That's what you're saying. Yeah, make it better. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I can I get that whiskey that's not scotch? Can you add the stuff to it that make but can you make it scotch for me? That'd be great. Okay. It's gonna cost a little extra, but yeah, we can do that because I don't want to pay for that scotch anyways. <laughs> or like you could do that with a rum or um I feel like there's because smoke in drinks is I, I know you've played around with it some Chris uh, I haven't as much um, I just think it's a really cool idea yeah and I mean you start seeing it more around too where there I mean I think it's is it brick and bourbon or or what whatever restaurant it is bar uh, where they'll I mean have the their glass upside down and they'll fill it with smoke and there's those smoke uh, machine guns that you can use otherwise like i know that one of our uh popular ones was called the churchill which you would light a uh, cinnamon stick on fire and then stick that on underneath and it would kind of charcoal uh, uh smoke smolder underneath the glass and you get that burnt cinnamon flavor that would coat the glass i've always kind of I well, I always kind of question like whether or not how much that smoke actually does to the flavor, but it really with that Churchill, you really it really comes out a lot more because you get that cinnamon flavor too, so you know it's there. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, the putting. I'm sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought. We were talking about no worries. Uh, We were talking about. Uh, making drinks with like smoky flavor and yeah. where yeah well, I guess too like with a simple syrup would be weird it, you know where you can just do it with a smoking gun like that as is but I mean it would cut down on time I think that as a bartender like oh well then you don't have the show though because oh yeah you don't tell that you story know, making the drink as well yeah by the way we uh, put the sugar aside and this was but. smoked for eight hours out of your view and then mixed with water. <laughs> yep, that, that's how you do it. We added water. <laughs> um, so the final one uh, that I have is it, when we had uh, Adrian, who you know on, uh, we talked about the apple teeny just briefly and I want to make the apple teeny something that I like 
So what about infusing a simple syrup with a like a Granny Smith or some other like really tart appley apple? So you're gonna get like that real apple taste in your drink. Um, my big concern though is you have to, I think, be really careful doing it because the apple will have a tendency to turn to applesauce. Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking that, yeah, my first thought was how do you get that apple flavor to really go through? Because Which I think you'd have to do, you know, right away heating it up, like put in whole apples, kind of like you're poaching an apple, because um, they, they tend to stay together a little bit better then. Mm-hmm. And then strain it definitely through at least a sieve or a coffee filter if you have it. Um, I assume you're probably going to have a coffee filter over a sieve in reality, like a, a fine mesh strainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then maybe throw in some like apple slices at the bottom to sit probably without the skins on to avoid getting the tannins and the bitterness. If it's sitting for a long time. Yeah. Because when I think about what like apples, if you're going to, uh, when you're, if you're going to try to make, because simple syrup doesn't take long to make and just to have like where if you're just boiling water and sugar together and have apple slices in there right there and doing it while you like, as that, I don't think that apple flavor is going to come through too quickly. Yeah. I feel like apples hard. Go on. You definitely have so. to add too much water and then cook it down to syrup level. Yeah. As yep. opposed to like starting with your desired um, sugar ratio, depending if you want it right at the point where the water won't hold more sugar or a little bit Just, less. I'm surprised that Adrian was talking about an apple teeny. Because I, oh, know, apple, I know the pseudo teenies. Okay, yeah. Well, because I, I just think of uh, Scrubs from the Apple TV. If anybody's yep. watched Scrubs before, you know how JD likes his Apple teenies. So I hear I hear Apple teeny and like, it goes straight to that. So. so Andrew, out of the the three simple syrups you've heard, as someone who you know you don't have as much experience making cocktails, which one of these is sounds like one you'd want to play around with? The six, you mean? Yes, the six. <sighs> Math. The two. The two pairs of three. Um, uh, damn, this is not easy because those are all some. In, I mean, you guys took like a basic idea, and kind of definitely put a. Uh, more advanced spin on it but the orange one keeps coming to mind just because i think it would be a little easier to like play that in um but i want to say chris's first idea where you use a crisp herb and you start with that and you kind of let it you kind of put that in different things to like brighten up the drink with that kind of like the cilantro or like some type of crisp herb kind of herb like that. I think that would be a very interesting thing to try because, you know, is it only good in vo- only good with vodka or can I add it to like a whiskey drink to brighten that drink up? Do I want to even? So I think I would be able to, you know, play around with that one the most. Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. And like you said, that orange one, 
I think that has so many uses and could be such an easy one to make at home that yeah. why don't you do it? Uh, listeners, try it. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, we got we, because we don't have the time. <laughs> right, right, Andrew. We yeah. don't have the time. We're we busy. Need the, we need you guys out there to help us. <laughs> exactly. We need you guys to do it. But you know what? Something that an average listener will not be able to do is make their own vermouth. What the hell is wrong with you two? Making your own vermouth? Well, it. It's something good. And I mean, I've never just had ingredients at home to do it at home, but having done it at work enough times where it's people, I mean, it's the thing what I love about with like bartending itself, like there's a certain sense of like confidence that you have of what you're doing. Because when you first start bartending, the thing is people are going to ask you for something. And if you have to be questioned what you're making, there's that confidence of what you're making. And when it's having your own vermouth, it's you're changing classic cocktails and you're saying, try my version of it. And, you know, and it's just something that's different that people have never t- tried before. I mean, you can go and have a martini at multiple different bars and restaurants and you're gonna maybe get the same kind of i mean think about martini is probably not a good example because it's really specific of how you make it but then you know you're gonna get pretty much the same martini where it's like but if you just start making your own vermouth it, it's it's a lot of different flavors it's a lot of different ingredients it's a lot of different spices it's just but it's you know it's having it where you get to Try try my concoction. Try my take on this. Yeah, like, like you said, there's only so many brands of vermouth out there. Yeah, too. Yeah, I'm always gonna see the same ones. Yeah, and and yeah, and it's it's takes time. It well, yeah, it takes time. But I mean, it, not compared to like infusing, where you're waiting on it. it you're pretty much making it right away and. Where, I mean, we're getting to, like, where people have, like, it, people have people over for drinks. And, like, if it's fun, it's, you have your own little, a lot of people have their own little, like, kind of bar areas that they have set up. And when you can just whip out something, I mean, I want to say it's simple. I mean, if you follow the recipe, I mean, it's not as daunting of a task as it really sounds like. But when you pull that out and somebody else tries it, I mean, it's a conversation starter. It's, it, you know, and it's something easy. You know, you find different ingredients and other recipes on wherever for other food. Why not do it for your drinks then, too? It's just, a, you know, your your drinks are just an hors d'oeuvre or an appetizer or a pairing with your meal as well, you know. If you're going to go to take that step in food, why not do it with your drinks as well? Uh, if you were doing a pared down, like version of a, a vermouth, say you were trying it just for the first time as a listener, um, and you you had your red wine and you were just gonna put in like three ingredients, what what would they be? Honestly, could you even do that, or do you have to have that full like, kind of comp- okay. 
exhaustive list of ingredients to really make I, it. I think you're going to have more. It, it, it takes a, the entire list. I want to try to skip out on it. Um, it's I, I need the recipe in front of me to really know and remember, but I would, Star Anise would be probably the first one that I would think that you would for sure need to have. It's just that spice kind of flavor that you just are not going to get anywhere else. Um, and gosh, I think, I mean, with, I think clove as well. It, it's, you know, it, it has those certain distinct um, spices that you have. And I just don't think that you could really, if you're going to do it, don't skip out, find a recipe. I mean, go. I mean, if you know a bar that makes their own, get to know the bartender, and then ask them someday if whether or not if they make their well, if they do make their own uh, just ask them if you could ever get that recipe, and and don't abuse it, you know. But like, it's it's something that. I mean, the recipe that we use was, uh, and I hope it's Ian's. You know, he, it was his and. I wouldn't see a reason why to go away from it and change it up, but like I mean, you can It's but you know, I I can definitely agree with that. It's really hard to, I mean, even kind of think of it without like some of the things. Like just um, for those of you listening at home who are wondering kind of what's all in it, I just looked up a quick DIY one from Serious Se- Serious Eats. And uh, so it takes an orange, white wine, cinnamon, um, a chamomile tea, cardamom, star anise, lavender, wormswood, sugar, some water, some brandy, and they actually use some uh, sweet sherry. Oh, okay. Um, Which, honestly, looking at it, it's got a lot of differences from the one, um, because the one you're talking about, I actually followed essentially that advice and I, I got to know Ian as, as the bartender and just finally like, hey, can you just give me that recipe so I can have it? And do you? Uh, for the lo- I, I do somewhere. For the longest okay. time, I just, he wrote it down for me and I put it in my wallet and it never left my wallet. And like, even after I wrote it down, um, you know, like typed it up, which I can't find the save file for. Um, I never took it with me. I wouldn't lose it. I never took it with me, but I, I, I know people there yet that I can ask and probably still get it. I hope because, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a great recipe. A, a lot of people, I mean, Old Capital so Tavern like, just kind of knew we're known for their drinks, and you know that was part of a lot of our drinks. And yeah, they, they did a great job. Like uh, another one here, just to like compare some differences in them. Uh, this one is from Wine Mag. It's dried wormswood again, um, dried gentian root, which I don't even know what gentian root is. Um, chamomile, juniper in this one, cinnamon, sage, uh, orange rind and lemon rind, cardamom, coriander, uh, and pinot grigio with a little bit of a sweet sherry. So sage some definite good. differences in that with the, the sage. Here in sage, uh, that makes me think of like having a 
civil servant, a sage civil servant. Going back to that topic, you know, that sounds like a great oh, that, idea. Like, that would know. be delicious. Uh huh. That's see, that's what's cool. You you know, that's that, that's what I like. What you said about in the beginning, where like you just walked through the produce section at a store and like we got uh, yeah, at a grocery store and like uh, let's you look interesting. I'm gonna infuse this with you. You literally could do that with. I mean, if you wanted to, you could get a can of baked beans and infuse vodka with baked beans and have a Oh, uh, don't uh, do it, anybody. Challenge. Wait, you, wait, you... <laughs> no challenge. Please don't. <laughs> listen, listen, listeners out there, if you try this, let us know. And we don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Bush's Baked Beans, not a sponsor. <laughs> Maybe. Why would you say sponsors? Why would you waste your money? <laughs> At least it's not cheap. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to next year for Christmas, uh, Chris. You're you're gonna get uh some baked bean vodka. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You'd have to like open the door to the package and be like, "Oh, cool! Quinn sent me something. Oh, he, he made an alcohol. Interesting. It no label. Okay. Taste. Oh, son of a bitch." <laughs> What it would you, be brown. What do you mean? Oh, it's a whiskey. Cool. <laughs> yeah. What do I pair this no with? Whiskey. Like, what, what do you pair that with? Like a uh, ring bologna. Chili? Oh, <laughs> I mean, maybe well, you would like a, make your own make... barbecue sauce out of it, but uh, oh, I'm not God. going to use a... Why? <laughs> like listen to this and be like who is this bartender that they got that is mentioning infusing <laughs> things with baked bean <laughs> baked bean maybe you're onto something and we're all insane you just no. don't know it but no. I like living in the insanity if that is in fact what it is no god no baked beans vodka <laughs> baked bean vodka is that insanity are you okay with that uh, it, <laughs> let's do it in the world alone how much else? weirder can things get oh really? uh why not people were eating tide pods so i mean is it really that weird i mean yeah. at least it's edible and it it won't murder them murder <laughs> gross god yeah, maybe we should move on from the baked bean. <laughs> let's. Oh God, I'm gonna. Okay, yeah, you're right. Let's cut you off. Okay, so we're moving on, and we're gonna stop letting Quinn bring us into God knows what that was. How did and I? Get... <laughs> I brought up the baked beans. Oh, you did. Oh that God. Okay. Well, um, we're gonna stop talking about baked bean vodka. <laughs> Oh God! Oddly enough, a simple syrup sounds <laughs> vaguely better. Not much. Baked bean simple syrup. Bit. I don't it. know why it sounds awful, it. but just sounds, a tiny bit better. Sounds doable, actually. Oh God! Why? 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 Okay. Um, this is that, when Andrew quit the podcast. <laughs> Sorry for that. Sorry for taking your podcast. We will move on to the end here, and that'll bring us to uh, we always let our guests kind of talk a little bit at the end, 
Uh, what is your advice for a homemade bartender, someone maybe who's just started, someone who's has a little bit of experience, but kind of wants to get to that next step in like, you know, maybe impressing their guests or impressing themselves with what they can do and really rounding out the skills as a with the home bar? The first thing is just going to be confidence. Have confidence in what you're doing. If you're mixing something and people are asking about it, I mean, have the knowledge of what's why you're mixing this because there's a lot of different flavors out there. And it's very easy to bullshit your way around of why you're adding these flavors around. And I'm going to say bartending is 95% just bullshitting to people of acting like you know what you're doing. But with that bullshitting of trying to pretend what you know what you oh not pretend like bullshitting what you know it's uh you know it's actually part of the creation itself and because you kind of understand these flavor profiles and what's going on and you're not going to just start mixing things together that you think that aren't going to work so just have a confidence of what you're doing when you're when you have people over and you know like don't just go to the traditional what you always drink like be like hey i made this let's try this out with these drinks you know this is what we usually have but like you don't have to do that always going out you can have it at home and and if you're gonna i mean really to have your own home bar you need the glasses and which everybody has doesn't matter what you're drinking out of if you're at home but um i would say have a muddler really like I don't think many people would think that having something to muddle something with, I mean, you can really find anything to muddle with, but like have that because the flavors that you're going to get out of different fruits and herbs and things just by muddling it is just steps up your game, I guess, as for lack of a better term, you know, um, and have a shaker. Um, Tom Cruise, that uh, cocktail, the, you know, when you're making a drink and you're shaking a, you're shaking a drink for somebody, they're going to think, oh, this person kind of knows what you, they're doing, you know, and um, let's see, we went with the muddler, shaker glass, uh, I can have a strainer, um, just have fresh fruits and vegetables, though, hanging around. You can always guard like we drinking and eating are the same. We we visuals are ninety percent what you're dealing. I don't know if that ratio kind of works out that way, but if you see something that looks really nice, you're gonna it's gonna change your like thought of what you're having, and have fun with it. Make it look cool. Make it look different, and have fun with it yeah i think that's a really good point to end on is that the have fun with it because like that's what's going to keep you experimenting and trying new things and you know not giving up when it isn't perfect the first time because yeah i don't know about you but i have very rarely made a drink for the first time and had it be like yes that is a good version of this thing yeah uh, good well put, yeah. Is don't give up on a drink. Yeah, you can tweak it. You can change it. If you, it's kind of like I don't know, writing a good story. You know, you see something that you like, 
mix it with this. If it's not that, go back to it and try something different. There's all I, these. It, it, go on. Sorry. I kind of like thinking, like you said, like a story. You know how they say, you know, every author has to get out a million shitty words first. Just every, like bartender, have to get out like you know a hundred shitty drinks. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yes, they do. Because you're, I mean, you're, I mean, you, you're learning your pores, you're learning your timing, you're learning what goes with, I mean, and when you start getting into and diving into making your own drinks and creating new drinks, you, it kind of sucks because you're wasting alcohol. Well, it depends on if, whether or not you're willing to drink a bad drink or not. I mean, maybe you're not wasting alcohol, but you know, like you might make something that is just not good and what do you do with it? So, but yeah, you got to just kind of have fun with it and go with it and just don't stop when something doesn't work out, especially with your infusions and make, you know, that's the thing. Like if it, if it doesn't work out, I mean, try something and try again. It's yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing else after that one. I don't know. I think that's all really good advice and I, I think like really important things for you know anyone who's listening to this like mini series is we've we've gotten kind of through so much and to like ultimately to to like the the final bit of advice of have fun and you know play with it like there's there's so much out there that hasn't been discovered yet and you might discover it and have fun with it yeah like baked bean vodka. And with that, we will draw to a close on the show today. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you on. Your knowledge was uh, your knowledge was fantastic. And it was it was a uh, it was a good conversation today. So hopefully uh, our listener, our one listener agrees. <laughs> yeah. As Quinn and I like to joke that there's very few people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hashtag that one listener kind of a sponsor yeah yeah we appreciate it yeah you're kind yeah. of a sponsor like, shout out shout out to brandon <laughs> I, I know he listens hashtag brandon i guess our sponsor brandon nope. try that big bean vodka <laughs> we're counting on you brandon <laughs> you <laughs> awesome awesome hopefully someone makes the big bean vodka because it's definitely not going to be me Peace. Peace. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun.